0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Woman and Comedy Festival podcast. Uh, today, I speak with Bella Humphreys, and her and I just really gelled straight away when I started chatting with her. And it was really cool to talk to her about PMDD and making that funny, and talking about women's health and young women and really talking about her journey into comedy and learning the language of uh Wales. and just talking about what it is to be a different type of comic rather than doing the circuit creating your own show so we had a really cool chat um all about women's health there is a couple of trigger warnings in this one so uh do watch out for those um and we hope you enjoy this episode Oh, so how's, how's your day? Yeah, it's
1: it's been all right, thanks. Yeah, not yeah. bad, not bad. It's, um, it's not very nice weather, is it? It's, no, um, no, it's
0: pouring down. Typical Manchester weather. Yeah, yeah, it was like this, the whole drive from North Wales. So Wow, yeah. you came
1: from North Wales today! I did, yeah, I come from North Wales all the time. Oh, wow! <laughs> yeah. You're from Wales, though, so aren't you? Uh, so actually, I'm not. I, oh. so I'm actually English, but I have lived in North Wales for three years now. So, uh-huh. yeah! I thought you were Welsh. No, I'm sort of Welsh by proxy. My partner is Welsh. And okay. So, um, yeah, I've lived there for quite a while now, and I'm learning the language because it's his first language. Really? So, yeah, I feel like I'm kind of uh, Welsh adjacent. Yeah, <laughs> and are you watching rugby? Always. I went. I actually have just come back from France watching the rugby. Which game did you watch? <laughs> um, I watched the, oh my gosh, which one did I watch? This is really bad, I can't remember. The one in Bordeaux, I think it was Fiji. <gasps> Yeah, it was Fiji, The one that
0: Fiji was robbed. Yes. (laughs) It was so good. It was so... It's probably the best game of the World Cup. It was amazing. Hands down. I'm from New Zealand. I'm from Aotearoa. So rugby, like the Welsh, is in our veins. Big for you. Big, big. And uh, yeah, Fiji should have won that game.
1: Well, you know, it was... um, (laughs) But it was the best game. Yeah, but then also there was a lot of people cheering for Fiji. Yeah it was really hard to, like, not cheer for them as well.
0: Yeah. Because
1: they were, it was like, because they're everyone's sort of default backup team. Yeah. So, and then we were like, but, like, actually, like, they had a really good chant going. Yeah. I was getting a bit like, oh, no, you're here for Wales. (laughs) Remember? (laughs) They
0: are. For people who don't know about rugby, they are the underdogs. Oh, yeah. They They are clinically one of the, such an amazing team.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. And they have... They have been incredible, like they've played so well. They've
0: been England, (laughs) Uh, poor poor
1: England. England. (laughs) 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 We're gonna have a little, little digs, exactly, especially because you're now Welsh. Exactly, Um, exactly. Yeah, and I never supported the rugby, I was never really into rugby until I kind of met my partner. So I always support Wales in the rugby because. That's the only reason I like rugby. We went, we went to the Japan World Cup. Oh, wow. Um, and that was super cool. And um, so, yeah, we're, yeah. Quite, we're, quite, that, we're getting ready for the next one. Yeah, that was a great uh, semi final That was
0: a great uh, bon- bronze game yes. between the All Blacks and Wales. Yeah. Like, that was a beautiful game of rugby. Yeah, It was, it was so good
1: it's yeah big big rugby fans (laughs) yeah oh yay I love that
0: any chance I get to talk about rugby sorry everyone I know this is a comedy podcast but but
1: but the rugby like it's it's a big it's big news in our house it's always like and we're everywhere and then we were just in the in the pub the other day and they they weren't playing the rugby but my boyfriend had on his phone (laughs) because he was like I can't miss this game
0: (laughs) oh I'm the same with the All Blacks exactly the same
1: but he likes to watch all the games like every fixture
0: I see. I will not watch every fixture, but I will have Google up. Oh yeah, yeah. you know how it does the Google and it shows you the score. So yeah, yeah. that's what I do. Yeah,
1: it, we could be anywhere, like in just in the car. Yeah, like can you just yeah. can you just Google? Uh, yeah, Portugal Australia, please. Yeah, yeah, that's what <laughs> I do. And
0: then I, wa- I listen to every single uh, All Blacks kind of podcasty thing i am a, you're a super, real real super fan, <laughs> super fan. but it, it's the way it is when you're um not in your country like it's the one thing that defines me and probably the welsh feel the same way it's the one thing that separates you from australia and probably the welsh i'm probably assuming sorry i mean other than the language
1: but other than the language <laughs> but but i do think yeah because not obviously not everybody speaks the language um or you know not everyone everyone learns it in school but it's not mm. like all parts of us but yeah the rugby is definitely like the sport and if it's not that we're big all all in wrecks and football as well now yeah. um <laughs> since they got bought by um rob and ryan it's like oh, the yeah. new thing like yeah yeah wasn't into football either but um now you are and now we're there's we've got a game we're playing my hometown Swindon oh, town wow. on boxing day and my one of my brothers is like the biggest supporter of Swindon Town. So yeah. um, I potentially might be going to watch that with him, but I'm like, where do I sit? Do I sit? Who oh, am I? Yeah. do I cheer? My my sort of hometown team? Yeah. Or that's from the team of my heart, Ragsum. Right? Yeah,
0: <laughs> because that's the difference between rugby and football is you have to sit in- to sit in the stands. The but floor. in rugby, you can sit anywhere.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and d- everyone embraces everyone. It yeah. doesn't matter. Which is actually really nice. Yeah, it is. I would say, having gone to both rugby and football games, definitely, rugby crowds are nicer. Yeah, <laughs> they're kinder. Yeah, yeah. They're more but friendly. football does have that great atmosphere, I think. It than does. rugby. Yeah. yeah, and I think also I don't really. I've never been to any like I've not been to any Premier League games. I've just uh, been to like you know lower tier kind I mean, of. I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, the the sort of football that I go watch, they're very low down. They're not not earning, I mean, they earn more than I do, but they're not like, you know, they're not in the big leagues. They're Mm -hmm. not really household Mm -hmm. things. So,
0: because you're not originally from Wales, where did you come from and how did your journey take you to Wales? Is it a comedy journey story? Or is it more of a relationship story? It's a pandemic story. A pandemic (laughs) story. Okay. Well, yeah. So where did you begin, really? Is what we're probably I'm interested in knowing where where you started and how it all began. How did you get into comedy? How did you get into
1: comedy? Okay. Um, Did you like that
0: segue? I loved
1: it. That was brilliant. (laughs) Um, Okay. So I originally, as previously stated, I'm from Swindon, so from the southwest of England. and if you don't know where it is, it's the bad office on the office, or yes. it's sort of um, where the big Matalan is in this country. Yeah. And um, yeah, so I'm from there originally. And then I always did performing arts and like drama and stuff. Yeah. And I was a kid, really wanted to be an actor. Well, I was like a bit of a kid actor um, and like did shows and stuff as a kid. And then when I was, I was like, maybe 18, I did this um, kids' two-hander like play show at the Edinburgh fringe <laughs> oh wow when i was like 18 or 19 and it was so fun and it was amazing and it was just me and this one other girl who was quite a few years older than me and she lived in london and i was like oh my gosh like amazing i'd been to london loads as yeah. a kid you know because i did loads of auditions there and stuff and i was like i'm gonna live in london one day and then she was like, oh, I've got a spare room in my flat, like, if you're looking to move. And then I got home from the from the, from the fringe, and I said to my mum, I was like, oh, yeah, mum, by the way, um, this this girl I was doing the play with, she's got a spare room, so I'm going to move in with her. Two weeks later, I moved to London. And then, yeah, I was just there. And wow. then I lived there for seven years. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I studied to be an actor, and I kind of went to drama school mm-hmm. and did that. I did musical theatre for a bit, and then sort of realised it, Probably wasn't for me. And then I was kind of doing what a lot of people do when they don't, like they're acting but they're not really working very much. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I just have something inside of me that just needs like this creative Mm -hmm. outlet. And I'd obviously seen quite a bit of stand-up, like when I was at the Fringe and I wasn't really 100% like sure what it was, to be honest. Okay. I'd sort of, I watched, I'd watched Mock the Week, I'd seen all the panel shows and all that stuff. I'd seen Live at the Apollo, all that stuff. And and I was really, really into, I really, really loved Sarah Pasco. Okay, yeah. And I went to go and watch a um like a work in progress of one of I can't remember which show it was now, but it was I think it might have been Lads, Lads, Lads. And I went and saw it in this really tiny room. And I just watched it and I was like, this is what I'm gonna do. Wow. Oh. And I was like, I just watched it and I was like this is yeah I was like that that exactly what she's doing there Mm. that's what I want to do and so I just I went home I wrote five minutes I did some googling went on Facebook found like the forums of where you find the gigs in London and there's absolutely loads of them and then I just went and I did five minutes in this little tiny tiny little bar in mile end and um and i just remember coming out and like ringing my mom and being like mom i just did the best thing ever it was so amazing oh, wow. and then yeah then i just carried on
0: <laughs> so so what do you think it is because there's quite a lot of um people that do come from the acting side of things what do you think it is about stand up that makes you go you know what um i just want to walk away from the acting world not officially obviously if it came comes back to you amazing but you kind of go. Actually, that is more what I want to do. Do you think it's because there's not so many hoops, or?
1: Yeah, I think maybe. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's still there's still hoops and yeah, all sorts of jazz that come with. The comedy world—they're just different. Yeah. But what I would say is, like, I have been acting since I was very small. Mm. Um, I mean, I still am small, but um, since I was very young. Yeah. Like over half of well, yeah, way over half of my life. Um, I did my first sort of acting job when I was like eleven, so like eighteen years ago, and I've always had to rely on somebody else to kind of get all these things for me. Whereas mm. almost everything I've done within comedy, I've been able to just, like, I don't have an agent. I just do most of it myself. And it's yeah. so within my reach. Mm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it feels like I'm really able to just actually get things on, like, not just on my merit, but, like, on being able to, being on actually on genuinely just working hard and yeah, so often meeting the right people. Yeah. But it just feels like a lot more in my grasp and I'm able to like do it myself. Yeah. yeah. Which as an actor you just, I don't, what I haven't personally felt has been my experience of the industry.
0: Yeah. And also too, uh, acting doesn't necessarily go via your talent. Almost never. Almost (laughs) never. So you could be the most talented person, the most talented person. They could be like, wow, she was phenomenal. And they'll go, but she's not right for the role. Absolutely. We're going to take this person who's probably not as talented, but we're going to take them because they look like the role, whereas comedy
1: is on your talent. Yeah, and, like, you get instant feedback. Yes, you do. If you if people don't find you funny, well, they will not laugh. Yeah. People are not kind. Yeah. at all. They just are not. Like, and that is, I respect that. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, fair enough. Yeah. Like, it's understandable yeah but yeah it's just i love the instant feedback and i love the feeling of being on stage kind of that adrenaline that you get mm. of being like and also the thrill of being able to make people laugh is yeah just, i mean even if you're just joe blogs and you're working in an office and you just you crack a joke in a presentation or something and people laugh like how good does that feel everybody yeah. knows how good that feels yeah And if you can do that for, like, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, half an hour, an hour, like, and do it on your own terms. Like, I can literally talk about anything that I want to. Yeah. And people watch. And it's really great.
0: Yeah. So then how about, is this your first solo show? This is, yes your first solo show, how exciting. Is this the
1: first time you're doing it for the Women in Comedy Festival or have you done it before? I have done a, I've done a half an hour version of okay. it. And I did it at the Makhonkath Comedy Festival that was just this gone in like the one that was in April this yeah. year. So I did a split with Katie Gill Williams. Um, yes. And yeah, we did that together and we both did half an hour and it was oh, so nerve wracking and yeah, really great. And yeah, but this is my first like foray into doing it as, I mean, it's not the finished article, but no. it is the first like full length-ish version of what I hope to be the show.
0: Okay, and then you're gonna take it to other festivals, do you think, afterwards?
1: Yeah, so I'm eventually hoping to take it to Edinburgh next. Yeah, That's okay. the big goal is yeah. to go and do my first hour.
0: Nice. And you were
1: talking about something that's
0: really, really unique. It's a conversation that's only just coming up in the world of women's health, which is a condition called, uh, I've got it written down, PMDD. I am dyslexic, so I tend to forget things. Uh, PMDD. So, and you have that in your bio. So a lot of people who might be listening or see your show might not really understand actually what it is.
1: Uh, no, and that is fair.
0: <laughs> yeah. So
1: if you don't mind diving into
0: that of course, yeah. part of your life, I know you've done a couple of interviews already about it, but it'd be really great to chat about it because I think it's an important show and I think it's an important subject to talk about because yeah, yeah. we don't talk about women's health enough or make fun of it.
1: Exactly. and that in is comedy. The, and that's the thing that I am so excited about doing yeah. is it's caused me quite a lot of, like, spoiler alert, trigger warning it's caused me so much pain yeah (laughs) and it's something that i've had so pmdd stands for uh pre-menstrual dysphoric disorder so dysphoric is like uh euphoria's sad cousin like it's the opposite um so we i think we know what euphoria is it's like woohoo. yeah dysphoria is the other one yeah
0: and and it can be misconstrued as depression or uh uh oh gosh i've just had a brain fart. it can be mistreated
1: as depression or um bipolar 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 uh Thank borderline you. personality disorder yeah um, any of the other disorders mm. it's something that yeah it's often it's very often misdiagnosed um it's really difficult to diagnose there's no test for it there's no mm. there's no blood test there's no spit test so like you can't have like a swab done to be like oh yeah you've just got a few little pmdd cells knocking around there yeah no it's it's um it's a really kind of sneaky little thing and it can come on at any point in your life yeah wow okay so you can it usually often it will come on uh with it will start with uh, menses which is your first period yeah um, which is when i first got it i think and and or it can come on with like certain types of trauma. Yeah, often people find that it will get worse after they've had children. Mm. Or even women that have had PMDD before they've had children often anecdotally report that it's worse. Yeah, after childbirth. Yeah, fun because that's just what you want, isn't it? You've yeah. now got to look after another human life, and your mental health is worse than before. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah, as you said, it can really often be di- like misdiagnosed as a lot of things. And I think what it is, is because people just don't, there is like barely any research into it. And it's also not compulsory to study. It's not a compulsory uh, sort of part of doctor's curriculum when they're studying. So there's, yeah. there has just been a, a petition that was sort of put together by um, a Welsh sort of campaigner, advocate and PMDD sufferer Becky Smart, who, um, a, a, which is basically to kind of get it, you know, put into, made it, make it compulsory for yeah. doctors to study these sorts of things. Yeah.
0: Okay. And then how do you, obviously, obviously, you get diagnosed and then, you know, because I know from other people that I know who have it, the brain fog. Yeah, is heavy the week before can be an emotional roller coaster yeah the week of you're in a lot of pain um with your periods and it can be and then two weeks you're okay and then you go through
1: the whole cycle again yeah um yes it's really fun I've like just come out of my sort of like menstrual phase so it kind of goes you start like if you start with where your period is, then you're going to your afterwards, after that starts where you bleed, and then mm. you have your follicular phase, which is like that's where you feel like quite good, yeah. And then when you ovulate, that's the shortest part of your cycle, but it is the best bit because that's when you're feeling like on top of the world. But then I get like almost instantly after ovulation, that's when I go into my luteal phase, and that is the really bad bit, yeah. And that can actually last anywhere up to two weeks, wow. So it really depends on like person to person Mm, mm. Um, and then yeah then you start menstruation again (laughs) and you just go round and round and round yeah and so the question
0: (laughs) is such a serious subject how do you make that funny well
1: Um, Obviously, we don't want
0: to give too many spoilers for your show good
1: question how do you make that funny how do you you know (laughs)
0: like and and what has been your goal with your show to because obviously you're trying to bring light to it but also not just light to it but make it light and humorous but also have the seriousness of making this aware
1: of course um so for me i mean there are certain parts about it which are really ridiculous Mm. um and even just like you know i've got a little bit i've got a, my story of like how i got diagnosed in there yeah and how like really ridiculous it is that like i had to go private because i just have been going to the doctor since i was about 14 about my periods and how difficult yeah. they've been i'm that's like 15 years that i have been going to doctors about stuff and i ended up going private and i basically had to pay for Somebody to just look at my own personal work. Yeah, that because I, I kept all these notes about my <laughs> about my cycles and everything, and then they just looked at it and were like, "Yeah, that's that's what you got." Yeah, and so you know that what that like one of those sorts of things, and I think also it's really for me, it takes so much from me, mm. and it has it makes so many parts of my life awful that it by being able to joke about it, it makes me feel like I have the power. Yeah. It brings the power back to me rather than giving it to the PMDD. Yeah. And that's what I sort of want to show people and yeah. I, you know I I have st- I've been sort of talking about it in my stand up for a year or so now okay. and lots of people don't know what it is but every so often I will get people come up to me and say I've got PMDD yeah, and it's so nice to hear somebody talk about it. It's yeah. so nice to have somebody kind of talk about it in a way that's so open and yeah. to also make fun of it because I think a really good way to educate people as well is through laughter. 100%. Because it, talking about this to people can be really, it can be really awkward and it can yeah. be really upsetting sometimes Like it makes a lot of people, and me myself included, um, suicidal. Yeah. And I think it's something I can't remember what the statistics are, but it's there's quite a high percentage of people that have got PMDD have um, attempted to take their own life, Mm -hmm. and that's a really difficult thing to talk about anyway. Yeah. But when you kind of combine that with the stigma and shame that comes with periods, still. Yeah. It makes it even more difficult. But I'm yet to find a person that doesn't enjoy laughing. Yeah. So if you kind of make people laugh, you can say a lot of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And you can kind of, if things are funny, and you can slip a bit of education in there, and also just make people, it doesn't have to be... um, Uh, like a difficult conversation, it doesn't have to be, people don't have to learn the facts, but if they just are more aware. Yeah. Because if you don't know about it, you might not be able to kind of help somebody that does have it, or you might not recognize the signs in somebody else. Yeah. And if you recognize the signs, or you may, may have heard of it before, you could just say to somebody that you know is struggling, oh, have you heard of PMDD? Yeah. Maybe you should go and speak to your GP because, They might be able to make your life easier.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it is important to bring more awareness to periods as a whole. Oh, like we should be able to just talk about it and go. I've got brain fog today because a period is absolutely clouding my brain.
1: Hundred percent.
0: I'm a bit moody. I'm emotional because of these reasons, and you need to just chill with your judgment. Absolutely. I got really sassy then. <laughs> she did, she did. Also, I, told, I just it. need to point out as well, Beat the Frog is on as we speak, as we're doing this podcast. So we can really hear downstairs. So if you hear it, that's that, what's that's happening. What Beat the Frog. It's the World Series Heats.
1: Oh, is it? Yeah, have
0: you done Beat the Frog yet?
1: I have done it a couple of times, yeah. yeah. And I've not done the World Series though. Okay. Um, But yeah, did, I've done it a few times. Did you do Beat the Frog pre-pandemic? During the pandemic? Post pandemic, I have you. I yeah, I think it must be post pandemic because it's when I've lived here. So, oh, some of it might be pandemicky. Ah, mid mid pandemic, well, not ah. mid, but sort of. You know, when it was that bit of time where we're like, is it a pandemic? Is it? A, is it? Has it finished yet? Yes. It might have been that time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, I've been, I've only been, sort of in Wales. So I lived in London seven years. We're going to just backtrack into the beginning. Yeah, yeah. This we're, feels like it's an just, Edinburgh show. Yeah, yeah. We'll just like, go back. We're this just is a back to the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Once I lived in London for seven. Oh, I lived in London for seven years. But I met my partner, mm. um, while I was living there, and we met on Tinder actually, which is a real, um, like, real, mm. brilliant story because everyone says that apps don't work, and he's a real man, and ah. he, we we've been together for quite a long time, and um, yeah, then we just moved.
0: June I mean, he Wales. is Welsh, so...
1: Well, he is Welsh, exactly. So <laughs> he's pretty great. And yeah, so we he, he made me like him and then he moved me to the north of Wales after the six, um, away from the city. Um, and yeah, then we yeah did that in the pandemic because living in a small flat in Camden was not fun when you can't go anywhere else yeah i know that feeling i was in bethnal green oh no
0: yeah so i understand completely
1: how you feel yeah yeah not fun so yeah yes. we were like let's get out of here and then yeah just moved to somewhere that's got open space and nice. got some dogs <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yes.
0: and how's the comedy circuit in wales uh it's boss.
1: yeah <laughs> but it's, it's getting there it's yeah it's really good At, actually i have to say Everybody I've met on the Welsh Comedy scene has been lovely. Yeah. Everyone is amazing and everyone is nice. The talent is ridiculous. Yes. Um there are just so many brilliant people. I mean, North Wales, there are not many of us, I will be honest. However, Wales as a whole, mm. the scene is brilliant and it's yeah. amazing and just yeah, it's such a nice community. It's lovely. Would you do a show in Welsh? So, uh, not yet. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, potentially, at some point, wow, I would cool. like to give it a go. Yeah. Um, I know that uh, at a lot of the sort of festivals that they do, so like Machan Aberystwyth, um, there are lots of sort of uh, learner and like there's Welsh, there's Welsh language gigs, and yeah, uh, there's yeah, a few people have done. That I know that are sort of more of the learner side. Mm. But many years more learners than I am have, have done it. And I think maybe one day, but it's not good enough yet. <laughs> <laughs> it would be amazing to do, though. Yeah, it would definitely be an amazing challenge. I'd love to give a go at some point. But I think, yeah, I need to learn the language better first. <laughs> yeah, no, that's understandable. <laughs> so you did Edinburgh at
0: 18. That is really young yeah. to go up and do one of the hardest festivals in the world, I'd have to say.
1: Yeah, it was like... So it was a theatre piece, though? It was, yeah. It was called um, Wild About Wild, and it was um, a children's show that was um, loads of Oscar Wilde stories. Okay. And it had, like, puppets, and uh, it oh, was two of, two, yeah, <laughs> two of us, and we did it in a um, a yurt sort of tent thing that was in the beer garden of the three sisters at 11 a.m. every day and oh the amount of sick that was in that tent yeah not many children came (laughs) yeah didn't make any money no but it was really fun and really um yes such an amazing experience to it was like my first proper time away from home as well oh okay um and yeah it really kind of was like gave me a real kind of I'm from a very big family. I've got six siblings. Okay. And we're, yeah, kind of all very close. And I'd been sort of, yeah, like with them. And then I was like, yeah, I'm going to just move out actually. And then, and I'm the eldest as well. So I was the first to move out. My baby little sister was only like five when I moved out. And um, yeah, and I just did it. And I was like, yeah, this is so great. And it was definitely a real eye-opener and also it just I just saw so many amazing things yeah
0: yeah it just, it's a good training ground Edinburgh absolutely I've talked about it a lot on this podcast it's not you can't not talk about it if you're in the comedy world because it especially is comedy yeah 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 especially comedy
1: it's like the holy grail of
0: it kind wow it's kind of still that way but still
1: yeah I yeah. think it's changing it a little changing. bit like yeah post-pandemic yeah And I think also the The world is so expensive now. Yes. It was always expensive to do Edinburgh. Yeah. But it's got more expensive
0: somehow. Yeah.
1: It's not the shows. It's the accommodation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) But also, too, there's something quite nice is doing one show. You know, because, like, we do one show. Leicester does one show. That's yeah, Yeah. That festival does one show. Camden does one show? I think... I think they do. One, as sure. a couple.
1: You, you think it's do... like it's like two or three. Yeah, it? it's not many. Is it's it? not many. It's
0: only a few. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some pluses to Edinburgh because at least everyone up there is going to see your shows, so you're guaranteed to get some audience in, and you can fly and do all that stuff. Yeah. Um, the downfall of doing some of these festivals is you don't get that option because they're smaller festivals, and
1: yeah. But then but I, then... I think as well, it's just like a different. Thing, isn't it? Yeah, so, like, this is you know, kind of feels very unique. Yes, it's all women, and it's, it's all women in the Northern Quarter, and it's really cool and yeah. like, so exciting. And it like, really busts the myth that there's not many women in comedy because yeah. we got- y- you've done a full roster of a, like a whole festival of amazing, amazing, and this isn't even all of them. No, this is there just, just some. There's like, some,
0: yeah, because we don't take everyone who applies no, you because we can't. But- because you
1: don't have enough space and yeah and also I think you know I'm sure there's probably people that live I mean most people I know that are doing it are mainly from mainly do the the northern sort of circuit and yeah there's obviously a lot of the sort of you know they've got all the North Whalians, um as well yeah we do have some London's got some London's as well yeah. but then but there's still so many people that I'm like I know that them, they're a woman. They're yeah. not doing this festival. So there's, there's like so many.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, the North has some, so much talent.
1: Oh, it is insane. Yeah, it is incredible. Like it's, it's so good. Yeah. It I don't want to sort of, I don't want to sort of create rivalries or like I do put anyone down. <laughs> Amy's ready. She's just gonna I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> She's like rolling up her sleeves. She's yep. ready to start a fight. Come on. But I've sort of like, when I first started doing comedy, I lived in London and then I did it for a couple of years and then I, I gave up for a few years because. Oh, did you? Yeah, because I sort of fell out of love with it a little bit and Okay, why was that? Um, because I found the London comedy scene very competitive. Yeah. And very um hard to progress on yeah because the, the
0: downfall of the open circuit in London is a lot of clubs want you to bring bringers so that yes. means you have to bring a mate or else you can't perform yeah and that so that way and the friend ideally needs to buy drinks
1: and I ran out of friends yeah and you <laughs> run out of
0: friends and you do have to get to a point where you don't invite friends I'm a big uh can't say the word right now but I'm a big believer
1: in uh, comedians performing not in front of their mates. I think it's better to not perform in front of your friends. Yeah. I actually don't always enjoy performing in front of my yeah. friends. Yeah. Um, and also it gets to a point where I think, like I, it, this is not my full-time job, but I treat this as my job because yeah. this is like, I wanna be full-time professional as this. and. Like, so this is coming and doing gigs, that's work? Yeah. I'm not bringing my friends to work. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, come on.
0: And you don't take your friends to a cafe that you work in or to a doctor's surgery.
1: Can you imagine? Could you
0: imagine that? Ridiculous. Yeah. And so, okay, so you kind of were like, I don't want to do comedy anymore. Yeah. Because it just became too competitive. Yeah,
1: and I just was finding that I just, I was getting stuck kind of, at a place and I was like, oh, I don't really know how I progress out of this. I was just Mm. doing, and it was, I don't know. There's, I don't know. I just was in a point where I was like, I can't do more than what I'm doing. Mm. And I didn't really know kind of how to be better or how to sort of get better opportunities. And then I went back and I went to drama school again and I did screen acting. Mm. And I was like, yeah, this is what I'm gonna do. Comedy was really good fun for a while, but yeah, uh, bye. I'm gonna be a screw. I'm gonna be on the telly, and then it was the pandemic. Yeah, and um, <laughs> yeah, and then I and I still hadn't and I didn't want to do any of the online gigs, and yeah. I was I was kind of like still thinking about it and stuff, and then I actually, I mean, I I mean, I owe a lot to. I owe a lot to Wales, I'll be honest. Uh, because we'd moved to Wales and I was I was really, really struggling. I was having a really awful time. And it was also when my PMDD was the worst. Okay. And it was actually because of the pandemic that I sought help for my PMDD. And mm. actually I hadn't been diagnosed with it until about two years ago. Yeah. Um, because I didn't know what it was. And it was actually the pandemic that sort of made me look into what it was. So, you know, in a way, thanks. But, um, yeah, and then I kind of, Kiri, Patricia McLean, and Essex Sears, they made this, or they put together this Welsh mentoring scheme for comedians. So it was either Welsh comedians that live anywhere, or comedians who live in Wales. And for some reason, I was not doing comedy at the time. I just applied for it, and then I got like, paired with someone to be mentored. And I was like, I probably won't go because like, uh I don't, I'm not even doing it anymore. Mm. And then my partner was like, why on earth would you not do that? So I did it. And then I was like, okay, right. I'm, I'm doing comedy again now. And then it was just like, zoom. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just like doing it all the time now. And this is like, yeah, this it went from like naught to hundred very quickly. And then I was just, yeah.
0: Do you think having that female support helped you in a way because absolutely, yeah because I think that's something that is missing in our industry is having support more support mentorship for women
1: yes having somebody say to me well no you are capable you can do that mm. and be and also be like look at my incredible career that I've done and I'm a woman yeah was just like a real kind of, I was like, oh yeah. Yeah, I I am capable actually. And also just being shown that actually there isn't only one way of doing something. Yes. There is not one way of becoming a comedian and there is not one way into the industry was a real game changer for me and actually Mm. has just really changed the way that I look at comedy and the way that I kind of approach my kind of comedy career. Yeah, which is brilliant.
0: Yeah, because I think that's the thing with comedy and the joy of doing comedy is that there are different, you can do it all different ways. It's not like acting where, you know, there's kind of either one route you go to drama school or one route you know somebody in the industry or you're extremely lucky. Yeah, you're just like 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 Jodie Comer who just, you know, met the the right person at the right time. But whereas comedy, there's so many different ways
1: to do it, which is exciting which is amazing. Yeah. And and it just, it feels like, it feels so open. I mean, there's still barriers for lots of people. Yeah. And you know, like there were times where I was like, I am hemorrhaging money here. Like Mm. I am just, it is not financially viable for me to be going to Milton Keynes on a Tuesday night after work. So yeah, I can't do that now. But there are just so many Ways of being in the industry, and you don't all have to be the same. Yeah. So, like, some people are brilliant, brilliant club comics. That is not me. Yeah. I am not doing the weekends. I'm not mm. doing the kind of. I don't have like a really brilliant kind of super tight kind of like you know one that people you know when you got all yeah. the stag and Hindus in that's just not me, and I'm totally okay with that. Yeah.
0: So do you think you're more of like a festival comic doing yes. the hour shows?
1: Yeah, that's where I've realized that, I think it was for ages, I was really trying to be the club comic because I was like, that's what everyone does. Yeah. And when I was in London, that was definitely the the sort of route that I could see most people taking. Yeah. And that was how I sort of thought, that's how you progress and that's how you get good. And that's how you kind of make it your job. And then I I, I just realized it just wasn't for me. And it actually took somebody to say to me, do you think that's what you are? And I was like, I don't know, I don't think. And they were like, you're not. Mm. And it took someone to tell me that. Yeah. And I really appreciate that. Yeah. And being able to then say, okay, well, you're not that, but what are you? Yeah. And then realizing that actually being able to like tell a story and make something that really is important to me, mm. like this show, like this is inc- like. I feel so privileged that I'm able to get up and talk about this in a way that is interesting, hopefully funny, and yeah, just feels so kind of personal and special. I just feel so privileged to be able to do that. And that's like, when I do that, that's when I'm like, yeah, this is why I like doing comedy. And I think it's really important to have these
0: conversations about whether you are a club comic or a festival comic Mm -hmm. Um, because there are a lot, like James Acaster, he's definitely a festival hour show kind of comic.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I know James um, quite well from doing festivals. So... You know, he he is one of those people. Yeah, he just loves the, the, the show. Obviously, he's great on TV. Yeah. But he does love that show format, the beginning,
1: the middle, and the end. Yeah. And if you watch him do it, it's amazing. Yeah. Like, he's just incredible at doing yeah. that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's great that you know that. Because there will be a lot of people maybe listening to this who might be like, oh, you know, the club scene's not me. It's not yeah. my – well, I hope there's lots of people listening to it. But
1: um <laughs> <laughs> I'll be listening to it and I'll be going, yeah, that's me. That's me. <laughs> I, I'm not a club comic. <laughs> because actually there's so many festivals now that there's you – There's heaps. There's loads of them. That you can take your show to and do really well with it. You can. And you can – and there's also just so many other things in between that are – not clubs that are not festivals there's yeah. just other things like there's there's so many there's you know you can still gig and yeah. do gigs and stuff that are not like the weekend clubs and they're lovely there's so many. there's a lot of art centers out there yeah and they are always lovely you know they're people that you know sometimes they're not sometimes they're not yeah. my bag okay sometimes they're not here for me mm-hmm. they're just mm-hmm. lovely old dears that like to support their own local art center but they are kind. Yeah. So do you know what I mean and they're coming out, they're watching comedy. Yeah. They're paying you wages, which yeah. pays your bills. Yeah. You gotta do some of these things sometimes. Yes, that's true. And you know, there's just there's so many ways. And I think when you're quite new and, and I know I still feel very new, because um, I am very new still, but um, you know, even when you first start out and you're just doing like five minutes or yeah. ten minutes, you're very lucky in if you're not in London you'll get to do 10 minutes in the beginning. But when you're in, especially in London, you only are allowed five minutes. Yeah. And when you're doing that first five minutes, you're like, what, what else, like what what more can I do? Like what else is out there? And you're like, I don't know. Yeah. And then there's, I think it's just, yeah, there's just so many options and it's so unknown and kind of, if you're not seeing, I think as well, if you're not seeing anybody that is like you yeah it can be hard to imagine yourself progressing so you've, yeah and that's why i have really appreciated and enjoyed being mentored by other women especially because seeing them has made me realize that actually there is a place for me yeah and so i think that's why it's really important to for everybody to be given a space and an opportunity to do things because sometimes it does take being able to see somebody like yourself. Yeah. Whether that be, you know, someone with a disability, somebody that is, you know, same sort of, you know, that's queer like you yeah. or, um, or you know, or is working class. Yeah. I think it's Diversity, real, just all of the options. People of color. Yeah. People of color, yeah, it's not just, it's not all, Straight white men doing comedy, and mm. and sure, there's lots of them, but there is space for everybody actually, and yeah, I think yeah, the more that we can sort of broaden that out, then it will. The more we sort of give opportunities to people that are di- like not the sort of what you typically think of as a comedian, yes, then I think that will definitely if you give them a platform that will help the industry to become more diverse as a yeah. result of that
0: yeah 100 i think that's a really powerful way to kind of end it in a okay. way oh
1: my god who knew that i'd be so powerful here i was coming in talking about my period issues and i've ended on some real like I'm, I'm, maybe i'm gonna yeah. get into politics maybe but I mean, you know what i think it is really good to have that voice and talk
0: about comedy on a different platform and talk about real serious things and how you make that funny and then talking about like yeah the circuit's not for me it isn't for everyone and no. you know I've had some chats with comics before about it when they're like oh but I want to do you know the circuit but and it's like I can see that you're more of a festival comic yeah I can see those hour shows and you should focus on that because you will do well yeah and I've, I've seen people from can't even speak right now it's too late in the evening but I can see people like do really well because they are focusing on that hour show and
1: because sometimes you do need more than five minutes to say what you want to say absolutely and for me what I realized is like I want to say something and I want to make I want to make points and I want to I want to have the freedom to kind of have that time to play with like what I want to talk about. I don't mm. want it to just be like, oh, this has to be bang, 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 joke over yeah. time. Yeah. Because for me personally, that's just not how I roll. And yeah. that's okay. We, if we all did the same thing, then it would be awful.
0: Yeah, 100%. It would be
1: so boring. And also
0: too, you've got the performing arts background, so you know how a show is structured. And this way you get to make your own art exactly. in the way that you want to. In a safe space, in terms of comedy, and make people laugh about very serious subjects.
1: Absolutely, and uh, yeah, that kind of really makes me feel good. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> and
0: we're really excited to have this show in the Amazing. festival.
1: Oh, thank you. Well, thank you for having me. No worries. And I
0: never end these podcasts well. I just like to say. It's so we're <laughs> just
1: like, and um, and another thing. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I'm just. I'm so excited to do the show, and yeah, I just feel so. Yeah, just so lucky that I'm kind of in a position where yeah i just have this really this thing that makes me so it makes me so cross and it makes me so angry but i feel great that i can channel that into something creative and hopefully fun because otherwise it just feels like what is the point
0: yeah and i think we've had enough of um we're kind of like the Lord Lord of the Rings at the moment. You know what I mean? The last one where it's got multiple endings. That's kind of where we're going with this podcast. But we just keep talking. So, um, but I think, um, oh, God, I did have a point. Now I've lost it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like the director's
1: cut and it like will never end.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It yeah. will never end. It will
1: never end. And it's like, do you know what? It could have been one but film. But you know what? I think the what. this is my point. I think the world
0: is kind of tired of heaviness. And they just want some laughter. So for you to take, I think there's a real gift to take something that's quite sounds like a very heavy subject and make light of it, so people are aware of this condition to help other people is a real gift. Yeah. Oh, what a way to end. What
1: the podcast. a lovely way to end. Thank you. <laughs> cool. I'll Quick, turn it, it off. <laughs>